Yo, what's up, everybody? Rob here. So I am really excited about this one. I uh, talked to Cola. I met this dude from YouTube. So the thing about YouTube, and I'm going to play some of his footage um, so that way you can get an introduction the same way I did. Uh, so if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be able to see short clips. If not, you just get to listen to me. But the thing with this guy is he's one of the greatest FPV pilots, uh, which is first person view. Uh, so this guy is putting cameras on drones and dropping in next to the dudes that are in wingsuits. Um, so he's traveling all over the world, flying with some of the greatest base jumpers, skydivers, sky flyers um, that are around. And he's capturing this amazing footage and uh, turning them into these little short documentaries. Um, and he was actually going to have a documentary shot on him. And sadly, there was a, uh, a loss within his community that prevented that. So I'm going to shut up a little bit. Um, I do want you to, uh, to enjoy this. Enjoy the footage on YouTube. Uh, hit him up everywhere. I'm going to drop all of his links below this um below this episode so that way you can hit him up online um also follow me at i am rob childs let me know what i'm doing right what i'm doing wrong what you want to see and what you don't want to see and uh yeah i'm gonna shut up and let his video finish and start with the interview because this is a good one guys so i'm really excited so anyway there we go uh cola from france thank you guys you're listening to the best goddamn podcast available with your host, Rob Childs. Gordon, it's perfect. Yeah, it's we're live. Uh, yeah, it's just I like having a conversation. I don't really like doing a whole, you know, interview type thing and making everybody uncomfortable or whatever. So it's just kind of getting to know each other. But uh, yeah, so we're good to go. It's a Sunday morning here and uh, you're over in France right now. And I, uh, I fell in love with skydiving recently over this past year. And so I've been going down some rabbit holes on Instagram and YouTube and everything. And I came across your channel and some of the best flying videos I've seen. I mean, obviously I don't have that much experience, but from what I've seen, yours is amazing. So uh, if I could just get a little bit of that knowledge from you, Hopefully that'll help me out a little bit and be a little bit more like you. So why don't you just kind of go ahead and uh, introduce yourself and let's kind of get this thing started. Okay. Uh, bye. Yeah, I'm a, a French guy, uh, 35 years old recently. And um, yeah, I, it's quite funny the way you start saying that you love my footage because which, which thank you very much. Um, but I mean, I really did all of that only because I was really interested by the technical side of things and trying to do something that wasn't done and trying to see how we could solve the technical problems. Uh, that was the reason that nobody was doing it before. And the result of this quest is liked by many people. And it looks like apparently the world of skydiving likes the result. But yes. the, the, the aim wasn't to create a beautiful result the aim was more to do something complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I like it. Yeah, it's cool. It's kind of like a trying to figure out a problem, but you're also letting the world kind of see the result of you just figuring out a problem. Um, let's but, kind of yeah. like pivot a little bit and, and back up because how do you get into this? So just to kind of bring the uh, listeners in, the videos we're talking about, you're not just falling out of a plane. You're wearing a wingsuit. You are. Uh, I'm not. Huh? What's that? I am not. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you're you're flying basically all over the place, getting these amazing shots. You know, that is not easy to do. Um, how do you kind of get into this? You know, like it's what you do isn't a nine to five. You know, normal everyday type thing. So, what kind of led to you getting into it? Uh, getting into FPV drones is, uh, is a complicated process. 
which is mm -hmm. starting to be easy because of DJI brand. But uh, if we let's forget about these Chinese toys and um, yeah, it's something complicated. You have to learn a lot. It depends of your background. Like right. if you have a bit of an engineer background, it's going to be a lot easier or for my part, it was more video game. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy. And if you want to, if you want to get good at it, you just have to really not surrender. And I know that many, many people have tried and, and, yeah. and, and don't keep going because it's true that it's, it's complicated and it's quite expensive. So five years ago, I, five years ago, I discovered that I had to send in absolutely all the money I made to, to try to keep flying. The, the start yeah. was really hard. The start was really hard. And then, yeah, you learn to build your drones and to set them up and to fly them and you crash and you repeat a lot mm -hmm. and yeah luckily you managed to get some good results one day and i mean yeah the, the results are what pushes you to keep going yeah but yeah for sure anyone can do it with a big motivation i would say i i think you're full of shit man <laughs> not everybody can do it it's uh so i started off on like a, an eashin wizard you know and i i yeah, actually like same. those frames um they're they're heavy they're bulky but you know like if you break anything you can just go on the website and get it back and you know plug and play and they're i i like them they're workhorses um but there's no way that i can get the shots that you're getting you know like you're catching people that are flying the speed of the drone and you're right next to them, almost as if you're actually flying with them. It's another problem because that, that's really development. Once, once you learn FPV mm -hmm. and then I, I, I completely randomly met uh, Zip on Instagram who is not the guy you see the most. He's not doing wingsuit, but it's a base jumper. I met him completely randomly and he became a super uh, good friend. And it's him who pushed me to develop my drones to this direction. And that was heavy development months after month after month after month testing and trying to get close to brands to uh, yeah. elect electronic brands, motor brands and explaining to them that I had a quest to push a drone to this speed. And many of them were just saying, oh, you know, you can't, this is way too fast. And some of them said, okay, but let's see what we can do for you. These are our ideas to try to help you. And then that was, yeah, development to reach this speed that allows me to get these shots. Yeah, so are you, I guess let's kind of just back up just a little bit. Did you start getting into FPV because of skydiving and base jumping and and everything, or how how exactly did you kind of Not that decide all. that that's the problem you needed to tackle? I guess is no, no, kind that, of that, that was that was uh, that was something I decided on the way. But the reason I started FPV was to try to keep having good sensations without breaking my body oh, okay. yeah. yeah that's the basic <laughs> yeah it's a pretty good reason yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was i was spending way too much time in hospitals like a few months per years because i was doing extreme skiing and yeah once i broke my back for the third time after breaking five my knee five times and stuff and yeah, during during the last time, because I, you know, I was in a corset, not allowed to move during eight months. Uh, and during this month, I discovered the FPV on YouTube and said, oh, maybe there is a way to stop breaking myself and keep having fun, like a lot of fun. And yeah, this is actually completely true. Like FPV can bring you extremely powerful feelings yeah. and sensations it's it's amazing you, <laughs> and you are yeah. not in danger anymore it's just yeah, your, no, your your money is in danger but that's all yeah yeah i uh i've right now i actually have uh two sequestered discs um in my back from a car accident that i was in so i'm kind of going through like the rehab and everything and i started this podcast a year and a half ago 
I had a, a pretty bad, I have a, a rare form of cancer and it flared up. And so I went through this whole thing and just trying to find other people, you know, to communicate with and to, to kind of express myself while being, you know, down and injured. So I, I wanted to fly FPV, but the money wasn't right there at the time just to, because you break a frame that's 200 bucks. And so yeah. just kind of trying to go through everything. So it's cool that you were actually able to take a negative and turn it into a positive and now being able to be, I would consider one of the best flyers in the world because not very many people are able to get the shots that, that you're getting. Um, so when you started FPV, did you just start with a little $30 toy drone in the, you know, in your room uh, to try to figure it out? Or how do you no, start? I, I started uh, with the simulators on the computer and then I bought okay, the same yeah. as you, the eShine uh, X220S. Uh, yep. I, I, bought, I bought twice of them because I knew that I'm, I was going to break one and I needed the, <laughs> the, the, the parts on the second one to fix the first one. Yep. And um, yeah, yeah. And I, I trained doing freestyle because I raced in skiing all my life. So I did not want to race anymore. So I, I said, okay, I, I'm not going to race with drones. Uh, so I went heavy into freestyle. And actually, I think this is why, what I, why I learned reflexes and, and fast moves. And I don't know, freestyle is, is very demanding on the brain. Yeah. It, it's, it's a really nice um, category of things. And yeah, after three years freestyling, and this is where I said I was... I was training on the abandoned building and this guy zip just came in with his parachute and said hi what are you doing here i'm like i'm flying my drone in and you and he said oh, i'm gonna jump from the roof and i said okay i have one battery left can i film you and he, so he said uh, no i don't really like drones can you, you you stay away you can film me but you stay away and actually i did a cool shot and then we became friends and i was on the base jump road from this day and I, I didn't know at all what was going to happen and I didn't know anything about base jump I was completely not aware that's crazy yeah it's yeah. like the, the right person at the right moment it's amazing yeah it's not always what you know or who you know it, it's timing you know if all three yeah. of those things can come together at the right time magic happens and it, it definitely shows in your work so where what was the first um, kind of trip that you took to Ford FPV? Because um, it, it looks like you have shots from like all over the place. Are you all kind of like staying out of one area? No, but I'm, I, I guess I'm quite lucky to live where I do because it's, it's near mountains in the French Alps. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's quite beautiful and we have a lot of empty areas and there are many things to do. Um, but yeah, I, I was doing uh, small trips with, you know, when you have a girlfriend and drones and you have to try uh, to find a way to put it together. Yeah. It's something super hard. So you say, okay, uh, uh, we go on holidays, but I bring my drones and then you choose the where you go because you think it's going to be beautiful with your drones and stuff but she's still going to be happy anyway that was the, the few first years and then after meeting this guy i just uh, spent a lot of my time and money trying to follow him he was becoming a really good friend it was really fun to spend time with him but i felt like i had so much to learn because he was doing base jumping without wingsuits and speed flying and yeah, so I had so much to learn about these sports and it was uh, beautiful things to film. That wasn't really, there wasn't a lot of footage of that on the internet at the moment. So yeah, it was more a very interesting quest about getting the experience. At the start, we didn't really know what we were going to do with that. And then it worked and then we got good footage and the thing went on yeah it i don't know I'm, i guess i'm trying to pull some experience out of this conversation from you because i'll i'll throw my drone up in the air and you know for me i don't know what it's like for you but on launch it's like i feel like a little kid you know like i got my drone in the air, and then you can hear it wind up and as soon as you can't hear it anymore it's instant panic 
because yeah. <laughs> there's like how many hundreds, if not thousands of dollars flying around in the air. You don't know if it's going to come back. You hope it does. Um, oh, yeah, I've, yeah. I've left about. so many drones on top of buildings because I couldn't get to them that mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. So how much trial and effort or not trial and effort but trial and error are you going through you know just to set up for one of these shots it's just, <laughs> it's countless it's, it's so many it's now it's crazy like you, you once once you get the development part down which i mean you get a recipe that works okay so i mean a drone that goes fast enough that is not gonna burn in the air uh with electronics electronics you can trust and you have enough flights on it to be confident with it so the the, this part is huge but i'm not even gonna talk about it because that's my own preparation and and then the proper story starts but then i i go to my friend because they are my friends now but before they were just people i was going to film i did not know them but you you go to them and and you present yourself saying i trust myself and i trust my gear like nothing is going to happen on this side and i think it's quite important and, and it's what i see with a lot of experiences everything is about trust once you start flying close to someone everything is about trust so they they saw my videos flying alone super fast in the mountains very close to terrain and stuff so they said oh okay it looks like you are a good pilot but then we need to trust you and yeah i think this guy zip at the start he he trusted me without really knowing if i was able to not hit him yeah but then yeah yeah. yeah, then i think it's really important to trust your gear before going with someone going to fly with someone it's it's like a very first step a very important first step because then you you don't have to think oh maybe my electronic is going to burn or maybe i'm going to lose signal or maybe blah 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 then all of this is on the side and then you can properly focus because then you have to find the balance between keeping the good shot getting the good shot keeping the frame like the best way you can frame it because this is something i hate when my subject goes out of frame for me the shot is dead so and and also keep him safe at at all point at all time so you you have to move this little slider always and feel like okay i'm getting a good shot but is it dangerous if it is then i stay back and if it's not i can get a little bit closer but never forget that safety is always more important than the shot oh yeah and so it's crazy i know that there's a there's a lot of people that are going to listen to this and watch this and think that you know they know about like the dji mavics and you know all like the dji like the normal stuff besides like the aviation or whatever the the new one's called the uh, fpv one um so a lot of people are kind of thinking you know like oh i can go to you know the the mall Amazon pick up a drone and and it's the same thing but it, it's not the same thing you're actually building the drones and what people need to understand is those propellers the props that we use they will cut your finger clean off <laughs> like yeah. and that's just if you hold it wrong let alone the shots you're getting um so I pulled up your Instagram page and it's I know there's got to be some editing you know to for Oh, certain yeah. aspects of this but you're you're very close to these flyers and so the safety aspect comes is you are essentially flying i don't know i'm just gonna guess anywhere from 70 to 120 miles an hour and then yeah FP, i don't know it, what's that in kilometers per hour <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, yeah. 200 kilometers per hour yeah. okay yeah yeah so uh, yeah i was right about right around there but um and you're flying this weapon essentially you know yeah. like it, it's a flying weapon that if you get too close um for the wingsuits you're going to rip into the suit you're going to injure the guy you could essentially kill him Absolutely. Um, if you happen to you know there's a million things that could go wrong um so what's that i guess what's the relationship like with you and the uh the jumper you know to because 
you got to get close. And how do you build that trust in that relationship with somebody? Uh, they also have, you know, you know, we have a, we have a, I think the, the FPV community is quite cool. And even mm -hmm. if people don't know each other, they are quite close together. I think it's quite the same for, for their space jumping community. They, they, they all know each other. And if someone says something, many people that who know him are going to trust him. So I started, I, I flew one year only with Zip. And then when we started meeting some of his friends, if the guy allowed me to fly with him, Zip was there to say, you can trust him. And I think if he, if he wasn't there to say this, then I would, have, I would never have flown with other people. Yeah. Okay. And because I, I built something, I flew a lot with Zip during one year and I built something really powerful. And then he told me, I think you are now ready to fly with my friend, Versh, who is the Vincent Cotte, who is the wingsuit I filmed the most and one of mm -hmm. my best friends today. And then at the start, he was, he was uh, keen on trying to fly with me, but he was saying, please stay away because he didn't really know. He, 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 he was okay to try just because Zip told him he could, but then he was telling me to be super careful. And after 10, 15, 20 flights together, he saw that I had a lot of control. There was no problem. I was able to avoid anything. So there we started to build a better relationship. I mean, in the air during flight yeah. and to be able to communicate how we are always on the phone. So he, he can, he can tell me things and maybe, maybe just a, just a bracket here, maybe because I was a ski instructor before and uh, in a high level skiing competition, I learned a lot about reading the body during yeah. when when people do sports and so i can i can really see with his legs with his arms with his head if he's going to do something and how i have to react like the, the way he changes directions or you know like it's it's everything because i'm looking at him flying because i i want to frame him at the center of my screen to not lose him i i, I read anything he does and sometimes just with a finger is going to give me uh, a signal half a second before something happens so mm -hmm. It's it's like we we developed this 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 very uh, beautiful and and strong uh, bond when we are flying together and we understand each other and of course sometimes I went a bit too close to him but I never hit him and he never got scared I never got scared either when I think I'm gonna I'm going too close I just go away and kill the shot because. Once more, the most important is the safety. Right. And um, and yeah, and so I jumped like 80 times with Vincent Cotte. And it took us one year to jump 80 times together. And after this year, he told me one day, I think you are ready to meet my friends and fly with my friends. And I was like, wow, I'm super honored, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, he trusts me enough so we can go further and then the same quest began again i met his friends he told his friends this guy is okay you can fly with him and then i had to build the same trust with all the other people and then i guess i reached a point where you film so many of them that people trust you even if it's their first time they saw your videos they see what you do they heard what you say about safety and stuff and they they are not scared anymore and they are okay to trust you but yeah never lose uh from sight that the mistake is always there waiting to happen so always be focused and yeah never think it's easy nothing is going to happen because yeah that's that that's not life yeah, I don't know no, if I answered your question. <laughs> no, you, yeah, you did. Yeah, no, you definitely did. It's, it's a really cool way that you've been able to kind of merge two worlds because the, uh, the skydiving yeah. community is like a very close, you know, like the skydiving base jumping that that's its own separate community. And then you have the drone community, which is kind of separated between like the, the, 
what would they be called? Like the novice, the DJI, you know, group of just like the Mavics and stuff. Then you got the racers, the, and then you have the uh, acro guys. And so like you have all these things and you've been able to combine them all into these amazing little videos, but you also yeah. have uh, your YouTube channel to where it's like, it seems as if you shot this stuff for like a full feature film. Um, you know, like it's a very high quality production that you get in the end. Um, and not everybody can do this, you know, like because of everything that you've kind of put into it to get to where you are. Um, do you have like an idea of what you're going next with this? <laughs> uh, there, there is still a lot of, um, I mean, the, I'm doing this for two years and during mm -hmm. these two years, we definitely saw the limits I have. Uh, about the the technology on the drones. Okay, so I can't fly. I can't fly far enough. I can't fly fast enough. Even if I am at 230 kilometers per hour now, it's not fast enough. And wow. uh, and we have we have many problems. We are still trying to figure out how I can um, film them when they jump from a helicopter. Do I have to be in the helicopter? But I mean so many technical questions like is it going to kill my signal and how my brain is going to react to the vibrations i'm going to feel uh knowing that my eyes are not gonna see the same image my brain feel then wait are you, you flying from the helicopter not yet but we are gonna try like we have to know if that can be a way we, we have to find ways we have to we have to find ways to push it Okay, See, so that's what I'm now, talking about, though. Like, that's why I had I had to get you on and just talk to you because I can't imagine flying a drone in a helicopter. I I don't know how people fly while standing up. I like to sit down. Otherwise, like I get, you know, I'm all over the place with the headset. How are you going to fly from a helicopter? Your orientation is going to be insane. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's doable. Uh, I have experience, even if it's not allowed, but let's say yeah. it's not in France. It wasn't in France, but I have experience in race cars. And uh, I did eight, uh, eight laps uh, in a 4 by 4 following a Lamborghini uh, on a track. How was that? What, and, what's that experience uh, it, like? It was horrible. Like it took me, it, yeah, it was horrible. But but I got the shot, and I managed I managed to frame the Lamborghini all along. It's it's doable. It's horrible for the brain, but it's doable. And I think that the brain can be trained to do this. Um, I mean, yeah, it's doable. So depending, of course, like the 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 pilot of the helicopter has to be hundred hundred percent in the project because he has he has to keep my antennas looking at the flyers like he can't really put the helicopter between my antennas and the guy jumping i mean there are so many technical limits and technical problems to that but for some jumps we know that it's kind of the only way to do it because i will never yeah. be able to otherwise i will never be able to 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 film properly these jumps and for now yeah. the technical limits are really exist and and the my friends who fly their wingsuit they definitely know them and and yeah when the flight is too long or when they turn around the mountain and yeah they just they just know that i can't do it and they don't even call because uh it's not doable so yeah there, there are so many limits to push it's just the beginning for sure yeah yeah because i i know i'll watch a lot of other people's videos and uh little like cinematic adventures i'm calling them um and none of them really compare to the shots that you're able to get. And the biggest thing that there's, there's the, uh, the sport of like wingsuit flying and skydiving, that whole thing. Then you have the sport of drone flying and you putting them together. The biggest kind of bridge that you need is technology. And that's kind yeah. of like the biggest thing that needs to advance in order for you to kind of continue to do what you do. How close is technology to, because I mean, in the last, I don't know, four years, three years, 
DJI came out with the the 4K goggles, which the latency, you know, that that's a different thing to figure out. But once you get that down, like they look really good. Um, and so how are you kind of adapting and adjusting? And are you like trying to work with any companies for any improvements or anything like that? Yeah. Uh, so for the DJI thing, I do not own anything DJI and I do not use anything DJI because the latency is worse than analog systems. Mm -hmm. And for me, the safety of the people in the air I fly with is more important. So I prefer to see with an analog signal and a bad-ish, even if I think it's so You're quite doing good, all but, of this with yeah. the fidgety, like fat yeah. shark goggle. Seriously? Not the fat shark, the amazing Orca goggles. They are absolutely okay. amazing. Yeah, yeah. And you can you can see properly in it, but yeah, it's analog quality. Because you know, when the signal um gets bad, I can still see it goes to black and white, and then I lose many pixels and stuff, but I can still see shapes and it's it's all real speed. It's it's, yeah. it's still reality that I see with DJI when the signal goes bad you some parts of the of the image freezes mm -hmm. so if that happens at the very wrong time when i'm very close to someone or blah 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 then for me for me it's a safety matter so i'm not using anything dji but um no for me the the development is definitely about the batteries because i need i need to be able to have more power but stay if I, that the drone is not too heavy otherwise it can't fly fast anymore so right. def definitely the, the biggest development for me would be the batteries yeah and and it's it's slowly getting better like i'm i'm waiting for a delivery of new batteries next week and i have a, a lot of hopes uh, about these ones because the ones i'm using now exist for two years and yeah the new ones are not heavier are not bigger and they are supposed to deliver a bit more current or at least a more stable current during a long time because you know all the people who develop drones to go super fast like today i think someone did uh, 370 kilometers per hour which is absolutely insane yeah. but i'm like and and they and they text me saying oh you see we go way faster than you and i'm like yeah guys but can you can you keep this speed during four kilometers and that's ah. a straight line i'm assuming as well yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. the thing is that I, I need to fly it fast, but I need to fly it fast during a long time. And this is horrible in, in my in my quest of, dev of development. This is horrible because we know how to fly during a long time and we know how to fly fast. But it's super hard to do the two things together. Yeah. <laughs> so the, how, cl how close do you think technology is to being... Wait, first of all, if I throw an Eosheen up in the air, I'm getting two, maybe three minutes if I'm lucky. What are you getting out of your packs? Like, because you're pushing those things. You're, I, you can, I, I can just last imagine year, how fast you're going. Last year, I had a, I had a good example uh, where I stayed, I stayed above 200 kilometers per hour during one minute 40. And for me, that, that was a, a good performance. I, I was, proud of my drone like yeah yeah because because yeah it's it's one minute 40 almost at full throttle and the drone did, did not catch on fire and so the battery went in the bin after this one because I, <laughs> I, I landed at two percent at the feet of the of the flyers but um yeah but yeah i i would say that's one of the the best performance my it's quite simple i can I can go up two kilometers and I try to do it super slow to save the battery. And then I come back down almost full throttle. And for now, this is kind of the limit. Yeah, I don't even know which, which, which is good, but not good enough. And if I don't go up, so I take off from their hands then I can fly full throttle during 3.3 kilometers. So are you working with any companies in development and research for uh, new products or sponsoring or sponsored by anybody or anything right now? Yeah, I have 
sponsors. I have companies that help me giving me discounts on, on stuff. What I would say is that my background is extreme skiing. <laughs> so I'm, right. not that, I'm not that amazing at developing new hardware, you know? Uh, that's their job. But with Immersion RC or Orca, who are really human companies and really listen to you, I'm, I, I'm able, and this is really amazing, I'm able to just tell them what I need and they give me their feedback and their ideas and their new products that they develop in this direction and give me the product saying, we think that is going to be amazing for you, or at least yeah. better than what you have for now. You see, yeah, yeah. but I'm not an engineer. And yeah, 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 no, I didn't mean as far as like the actual like architectural design of things. It's more of like having like an insight because you can have an engineer that can build like the best frame or whatever, but they'll never know unless they actually go fly it and you're doing the flying and everything. So do you get prototype things sent to you and to try stuff out or you kind of, you got your thing and unless it's like a new battery or motor or something, you don't really back off of them. No, no, no. Uh, Immersion RC is absolutely amazing. And they, they send me their prototypes as soon as they have something that flies and I test them. And I know that for, for the last trip in Norway, they equipped all my drones with their ghost protocol and like two months before I left. And I had the time to trust it. And we were, we were actually checking all the DVRs, all the, my, my Google recordings. And it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty insane. Like the signal actually stays at 100% all along. No, no matter how the drone is turned or where you are or how far you are. And it's, it's really nice. And since, since, I, I, since I'm using the Immersion RC gear, I actually forget about my RC link because I just know it's solid. Like all the tests we did, then, then that's amazing because it's one more thing you can not think about, you know? It's, you, you clear your head. You are safe about that. Yeah. You, uh, you mentioned the Norway video or the Norway trip. And so I had to pull that up really quick because that was one of the, I think that may have been the first video of, of yours that I, that I saw that kind of came across and it, Jesus, man, it just looks so good. Like it doesn't look like it's coming from a drone. It looks like you got like a cinema camera. You know, yeah. what, so what are you using as far as uh, the actual optics, like your cameras? The, are you, I can't imagine you, that's just you with like a traditional drone and a GoPro, you know, like no. what, what exactly, what's so your a, setup from like your transmitter a, to your drone? It's, oh, the transmitter, the transmitter doesn't change. The Googles don't change, but then okay. it's a Red Komodo 6K. I don't know if you know the, the cinema cameras. It's a Red Komodo 6K and with a 11 millimeter lens on it. And then okay. the drone I have to make for, for that is, is quite a beast. Wow. <laughs> that, then, that, I wouldn't even know how to fly that. No, yeah, this is so what this is, so what is that for, for the people that are just listening? You just pulled yeah. out a pizza box. <laughs> and said this is my drone <laughs> you know no, like, because i can um, do the same thing like i got one of these sitting here i haven't flown this thing in forever but i got a little dji mavic mini oh, yeah. thing you know and like you pull out a pizza box in this thing i mean this is just a toy you know it's basically yeah. just up here for looks but uh what is no, what the, is that long story short is that uh, one one and a half year ago every FPV pilot was starting to fly with cinema cameras, okay? Uh, GoPro was really um, starting to look shit and all professional pilots were flying cinema cameras, mostly use uh, Red Komodo 6K because it's one of the 6K cameras on the market that is so light, that is the light mm -hmm. and it's amazing in quality. Or Sony FX6 or stuff like that. Anyway, um, so, GoPro, Go, a professional drone pilot does not really use a GoPro anymore. 
and I was starting to make it my own job. So I felt I'm in a great danger zone because I'm only using GoPro at the moment. So right. for the pro production companies, I'm just going to go from a good FPV pilot to someone we don't really even look at because he's not using the proper camera. But I want to keep doing what I do, which is high speed and wingsuit filming. So I, I remember, remember it perfectly. I, I messaged the two engineers who are helping me the most. It's two guys from Paris, from drone, drone brands. And I messaged them and said, okay, guys, we need to put a Red Komodo 6K at 220 kilometers per hour. Like, this is, this is my goal. This is my next quest. What do you think? And one of them said, I think, I think it's impossible. And the other one said, okay, let's think big. <laughs> and then he started yeah. the development and the designing. And it took me from this message to the first flight, there was exactly a year of development. And yeah, we built a machine that on the, on the first try, we were at like 225 kilometers per hour. We were actually a little bit above than, than, uh, than the goal. And so yeah. we said, okay, we have something here. So then I got the help of Luke Bannister, who is one of the best pilots in the world with so much experience. And he helped me to tune the machine because the camera you put on it is close to 8,000 euros. So you don't want to have any Ooh. chance crushing the drone anymore. And the drone itself yeah. cost around 3,000 euros. So it's like super scary to go in on this path. But we managed to find a recipe that works. And so this is, this is, was, this is all about the Norway project was I want to prove that I can do the same thing I do with my GoPros with cinema cameras. And I think the result is actually very close to the goal I had. Yeah. Because no, I... it works. The video worked. I'm a bit amazed. I didn't think uh, the video was going to work that much. It's, it's going in 24 hours on the national French TV. It's, it's pretty insane, you know. Uh, I'm very happy about that. And I think I managed yeah. to, to touch people. They like the editing and stuff. It's, yeah, amazing, amazing. The goal is rich. Yeah, no, you definitely do amazing work. It's, it's very, it, I don't, it's, uh, for me, watching your videos is like, it's almost like meditative. Um, just because it's like, if I can't go jump or if I can't go fly and I'm having a bad day and I just want to like kind of, have nothing you know like i can put one of your videos on and just kind of like hope to be there you know wish to be okay. there and just kind of like live vicariously through your camera through your lens um and the fact that you have twelve thousand dollars just flying around in the air is that in <laughs> itself is stressful that i'm glad i don't have to do and i can just experience <laughs> it through through your fingers um, so I got a couple more questions and then I'll get you out of here. One of them is just super nerdy and techie and it's, how do you fly fingers? Are you thumbs? Are you pinch the crab pinch. claws? You, pinch, you pinch and, uh, and standing. I cannot sit. Really? Yeah. How long did know. it take you to kind of figure that out? Did you start off thumbs and then crash a few or? Uh, that's a good question, but I, I'm not sure I know the answer um i don't know you know in on the i have a big radio i'm not using the little yeah. toys uh yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah i don't know the you have more precision on in my opinion of course uh, only but uh, yeah you have more opinion uh pinching and um more precision i mean and uh yeah i don't know how i figured that out like just yeah yeah just flying yeah you know if you if you look at my I, at my charges battery charges I saw that I fly around 3,000 packs a year. Oh, so, my God. <laughs> so it's, it's actually a lot, wow. a lot of experience. <laughs> yeah, I, I, 3,000 packs a year. I won't fly that in my life. I just I know that I'm not going to do that. That's amazing that you are doing that, though. 
I'm, I'm curious what your battery bill is. How much? How much you actually spend just in batteries? Oh, it's disgusting. It's up. absolutely disgusting. And even yeah. now, uh, even after five years of FPV and two years working professionally with it, and I, I have to say that I'm lucky enough. It, I mean, it's, it's almost enough to live and have, have a normal life, you know. But actually, maybe three quarters of what I earn doing this job actually goes back into investment for gear and stuff. And mm -hmm. and yeah, you, you, I, I just bought the whole new batteries for next year, and it's absolutely disgusting. I. I I hate it. It's way too expensive. Even if yeah. I have good prices and even if I'm really trying to do my best, knowing people asking nicely and stuff, but no, it's, it's disgusting. This is why when the subject you film, they, you, you manage to sell some footage and they say, okay, we do half and half. And you see, yes, of course, I really want to give you money because I, I respect my subject so much because without them, I wouldn't have the shot. And mm -hmm. also without me, they wouldn't have the shot. But right. what we do is absolutely crazy about the expense. Yeah. And, and I don't think doing any sport is that expensive. Like, I mean, this is, this is technology and it's disgustingly expensive. This is, yeah. this is aside these from are like, my words. <laughs> aside from like car racing or something. You okay, know, okay, yeah, of course. Yeah, no, and that's that's about <laughs> all I can think of just because of like you you do have a car essentially in the air, you know, and yeah. it's extremely yeah. expensive. So it's it's very hard to get into because of that, which you talked about like the little toys and stuff. Those are amazing for people to just to get something in the air just to start learning and then you can eventually go to like the dji or you know you get up to like the tyrannus x9s and you can start yep. to climb you know um so i guess my last question for you is how would you recommend somebody get into the sport um you've kind of taken it to one of the highest levels you can and i'm excited to see where you go from here i don't doubt that you're going to continue to do this and probably see you in some big time budget films coming up and okay. uh but how do you how do you recommend somebody get into this is it more cinematic more flying the combo the, you're you're a filmographer and a pilot you know, that's hard to kind of angle somebody to do so what would you suggest now if we talk about the fpv side because then then there is all the computer side and the the editing side and stuff and that is something you can't learn right, yeah. in two days you have to you have to like it you have to like searching on youtube and learning are you uh, doing all of your own editing yeah absolutely everything oh my god and yeah legend and, man but 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 it's interesting and i and i love it and i love it luckily but I guess yeah. I, I guess you, you don't have to do it. You don't have to love it. You can pay someone to do it for you. You can have a friend who's going to do it for you anyway. Uh, from the FPV side of things, I would say stay humble with your gear. Do not trust your gear. Even if it's DJI, even like take the time to have experience and adventures with your gear. Because you don't know why, but electronic will work perfectly on the Monday and will turn in, in fire on the Tuesday and you don't really know why. And mm -hmm. you, you have so much experience together. I'm, I'm still learning every day as soon as I change a piece of electronic and stuff. They, they don't have to react the same way always. So like, yeah, just take the time to learn. And it's something because I'm not someone who speaks too much on the uh, social networks i don't like it that much too right but i I, ca I can read a lot these days that some professional fpv pilots are getting angry at the people who just bought a dji avatar and they are already making money with it because they they just do a few packs and yeah the drone you don't even have to fly it manually you can fly with all the dji radar yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. That, that helps you flying and, and just highlight something or follow it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in the in the best um, in in the best case scenario, yes, this drone will actually get the shot. In the best case scenario, but what happens as soon as there is wind, heat, cold, environment, trees, anything we can think of, or a bad input from the pilot, or I mean, 
FPV, I think, is a lot about that. It's shit happens. And you want to try to know them all or at least as much as possible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, stay humble and don't think, don't go, don't go on to a shooting thinking that everything is going to be all right. No, everything is going to be all right only if you take all the right decisions and you think about everything and, and you are super careful. See what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I'll ask you one more question um, and then I, I'll get you out of here because I know I've taken up a lot of your time. But it's, when it comes to the expense, let's say you have a beginner, are you? would you recommend that they put more time or more money into the products? Uh, what do you think is more important? Uh, let, let's say that you took enough time on the computer with simulators to gather good reflexes and, and an experience at flying. Because I think if you don't do that, you are just, just going to crash. Okay. Right. And it, let's say you took enough hours of simulator and then it's going to reduce your chances to crash, even if they still exist and you are still going to crash, but a bit less than if you did not do it. Um, from there, I don't think going for cheap electronics is a good way to go because bad, bad things are going to happen and you are really not in control. Uh, of it, I know. When when I started with Banggood ESCs, they were just turning on fire with for no reason, and yeah. and your quad is burning, and you are sad, and there is no reason, and it's actually not your fault. It's just because you were trying to save a few dollars. So I'm not sure it's yeah. the right way to go. Today, today we have access to amazing electronics that, if you set up properly and test properly, you can at the end really trust. So yeah, I would if possible, go on the more expensive side because at least you can trust your electronic once, once it's tested properly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then, but yeah, it, every, every friend who, who start FPV, I'm like, okay, but welcome in this world, but I just hope you are financially ready <laughs> and because because it's it it is a nightmare it is a nightmare yeah one of the push things it, 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 it is a nightmare yeah you could almost spend a mortgage payment just on a month of flying if you really wanted to and especially yeah. doing what you do and i can't imagine all the travel and the more i talk to you the more questions i have about cold and heat and I don't know how you're flying a drone in Norway when it's freezing and your drone no no not, no no way was okay because we we were there at the right period the problem okay. was was more the rain and the clouds. Uh, I have some shots I didn't post yet, but I'm like <laughs> completely in the clouds. And the, the guys are guiding me because they can hear my drone. They can't see it. I can't see them, but they are guiding me just where they hear my drone. Is oh, get closer. Oh, you are on the left. Oh, you're on the right until I see them anyway. But um, not the, yeah, the cold is bad. But it still works. I mean, after minus 20 degrees Celsius, you don't really want to have to fly because it's going to be yeah. shit. Uh, the heat is bad, like the super warm summer we had this year. Actually, I got uh, some um, uh, emergency signals in my Google saying uh, land because the drone is too hot. And I'm like, what? But this was working perfectly two months ago. And yeah, but with the, the air is actually 20 degrees warmer. And so you can't really fly uh, this yeah. gear. You can't push this gear as hard just because the air is warmer. So yeah, but you have a limit, what, which is set up with electronics. And yeah, the worst is seawater, of course. Um, but yeah, once more, but many, many pilots are doing it uh, today. We just, we just, deep the electronics into some plastics that dries and you put several layers and then you can actually land in seawater and take off. It, it actually works now. So, <laughs> God, I didn't know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, then. Well, I'm clearly on a, on the beginner side of the, the flying spectrum compared to you. So I definitely got a long way to go before I'm up to your level, but uh, it's been amazing catching up with you we've been trying to get this together for the last couple of weeks and uh yes. to finally get this together it's it's been amazing it's been awesome meeting you um thanks if you're ever over here definitely hit me up you know and then uh i think one thing that if i could 
ask, I guess, is can you make a behind the scenes video? Um, oh, okay. This, this is amazing to, to finish oh. on that. This is yeah. amazing, actually, that you ask this question because um, so that was that was my project. I made a Kickstarter because I wanted this trip to Norway to be a documentary, a one hour long documentary documentary about my life with the wingsuit guys. Okay, and how yeah. we do this together, how we fly the drone with them, etc. The goal was to make a one hour documentary about that. And it's with a heavy heart that I say that, but Unfortunately, one of our friends died three weeks before leaving, and it it everything collapsed. I right. did not even know if we were gonna still go there and blah blah blah. And just before the trip, we decided um, to still do it. I mean, the trip to Norway for for respect uh, to him because he wanted us to be there. Mm -hmm. So we still went to Norway. Then I had a friend who was supposed to be the camera operator to shoot the whole documentary side of this project. And so I called him and said, okay, green lights, it's going to be horrible about the atmosphere and we are all going to be sad and stuff, but we are still doing the project. And he said, okay, no problem. I'm still available. We keep the project alive. And on the next day, he called me and said, I had a paragliding accident and I'm in the hospital for a few weeks. And that was like three days before the start of the project. So I felt like, okay, I have to postpone this. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to this trip because I want to see my friends. I want to fly with them. And I, it's, it's still where I think I should be. But this documentary project, this behind the seat has to be postponed hopefully for next year hopefully for next year this is the only thing i can say now because right. i need to manage to raise some money and it, it's it's nothing simple you can imagine a project like that but yeah it was supposed to happen and life did not want it to happen so mm. but it will happen one day it will happen yeah. one day <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, especially in skydiving and anything that has to do with like an extreme sport, those losses are they're never welcomed, but they're almost sometimes expected. And uh yeah. so definitely uh sorry for your loss. Um hopefully shout out yeah. to all their his friends and family and everybody. And that's yeah, it's it's always horrible when you hear stuff like that, especially a sport that I'm like just now getting into and I know yeah. in the future, meeting friends, I'm going to meet and lose friends if I'm not one of those. So it's amazing that you're continuing to do this and uh, push forward. Yeah, but forward. That, was, that was something I was not absolutely, I, I was not ready to experience this uh, because yeah. I, did, I did not know this sport for long. And uh, yeah, uh, it, it has been extremely hard to accept this situation and go along. And this is why actually the Norway video came out like two months and a half after we came back because I needed to organize things in my head, head and, and find a way to accept the situation and accept what I was doing and accept what these people are. And they are all amazing and they are doing an amazing sport, but, but there is a risk and it's not like ping pong where you are just going to have a wrist, uh, yeah. Pro problem and and that's the thing and and yeah so it was a lot of acceptance i would say like yeah accept what life is putting in front of you and and yeah now yeah. now i think we all decided that of course we keep going and 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 yeah and it's going to be awesome and but yeah of course this no way video is definitely my tribute to my friend matt and uh and yeah that's yeah. all <laughs> so how about uh we'll end this with uh you kind of letting everybody know where we can find the norway video find you on you know social media i know you don't post much um as far as like twitter and all that stuff but as far as like your videos and and the content that we've been talking about how can people find that and reach out to you yeah so two main ways is 
Instagram, uh, Cola FPV, C O L A underscore FPV. Uh, this is uh, definitely the social networks that I'm, I am most uh, active on. And otherwise, my YouTube channel, which is Cola FPV without any uh, underscore or uh, stuff. So C O L A FPV on YouTube and uh, all the base jumping videos I made during the two past years are called base one and base 2.0 and base 3.0. So it's pretty simple to remember. And if you typed up on, I guess even Google finds it because yeah, yeah the, the yeah. last video worked really well and people seems to love it. So. Yeah, no, the last video is amazing. And I'm definitely gonna, I'll put a links to all the videos down below in the description notes make sure everybody can just go straight to the video so all right man it's been amazing uh truly thank you so much you. tracking in a little bit so well next time you're over here give me a call and uh we'll yeah. talk soon thanks a lot all right take thanks it easy, a lot man. for having me have a good day